Hey, good morning, guys. Another episode of Eastman's Elevated here. Um, so last week I ran over to the Eastman's office and we were able to record some podcasts here and, and I was kind of able to get ahead of things, but today's episode is Ike Eastman. So, um, Ike is just a great guy. I really enjoy talking to Ike. Um, just the more I get to know him, the better conversations we have. He's just, he's so down to earth. He's a great hunter and just enjoys life to the fullest. You know, he's always cracking jokes and always laughing and, and you can't help but have a good time when you're around Ike. So our conversation is kind of all over the map. We talk about show season and we talk about, um, you know, Ike's a really good hunter, but he has uh, the worst luck, you know, so that's kind of the joke around the office is, is that you have, you know, Ike bad luck. So uh, we get into some of those stories. We talk about predators. We kind of just let the conversation wander all over, but it's a great episode. Really like Ike. So this is a fun one for me. Um Speaking of that, Ike's going to be at the uh, ISE show in Salt Lake City. Um, the ISE show, Eastman's is making a great showing over there. We're going to have, you know, we talk about it in the podcast, but they're going to have the, the mule deer tour there. Um, they're doing this this huge giveaway where they're doing giveaways of Yeti coolers, Matthews bows, Sitka gear. Um, you guys, if you guys are around Salt Lake, go check it out. You know, not to mention that you can talk to all the Eastman's guys, and, and they're so available to talk to. Or they 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 just give you any information about the draws or different states, and they're so knowledgeable about all the western states, but especially Wyoming and that. And so, if you guys want advice on what you should do with your points and what you should do in the drawings, you know, stop by and talk to these guys. Not to mention, get in on these good drawings. Um, also, over at Eastman's, uh, so we've got the internet TV show that you guys have heard me talking about, Beyond the Grid. Um, Dan Bacar has a huge portion in this uh, and is a real driving force behind it as well as, as Guy Eastman and all the staff there. But Dan's really um, taken the head of this this project. And so episode three is coming up. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. You can find it on YouTube or, or through the Eastman's website there. So um, boy, let's get this thing rolling. Eastman's elevated. Ike Eastman. Here we go. Okay, I'm here with Ike Eastman. Ike, how are you? Good, doing real well. Uh, thanks for coming down, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, boy, you've just been in the marathon of show season here lately. Every time I look, you're in a different place doing a different show. Yeah, it's it's bad when you have to turn the TV on in the morning to find out what city you're in. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's it is a marathon. That's what we call it. We call it our Super Bowl. I'm gone uh, pretty much January, February, all all over the country and. Uh, but it's fun. We get to hang out with some really neat people and do some lot of, lot of good business mm -hmm. and talk a lot of hunting. So, uh, but it's tiring. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Just well, all the travel. Like it's probably fine when you get there and once you're talking hunting. But it's living out of a hotel yeah. and the plane flights and not oh, yeah. being home and the back and forth that that's got to wear on you. Oh yeah. It, yeah. You know you've been gone long enough when the dog won't let you get back in the door. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's gone way too long. Yeah, I haven't had that one yet. No, that's good. But you've been doing some good business and you're you're coming to the end of it now. We've yep. got the it's the ICA, the ICE show. ISE, yeah. International Sportsman's Expo in Salt Lake uh, Sandy. It's at the Sandy Expo Center this coming weekend. Um, we we stepped it up with their help and a bunch of our, our uh, key partners. Mm -hmm. uh, we stepped it up, big, huge footprint. We're going to do 
lots of giveaways. We're gonna give away again, coolers and a bow and all kinds of cool stuff. Oh wow! Um, we're gonna give away you know door prize type things like uh, you know ramblers and hats and t-shirts and books and stuff too. Um, so it's gonna be a lot of buzz. We're gonna be sitting around you know talking hunting and and if you need to renew your subscription, come down. There's subscription specials. Um, there's book specials. Uh, the deer, of course. Um, the guy that runs our deer tour, Dan Woodbridge, mm-hmm. he'll have the deer down there, and we have a whole new set of twelve new deer. Oh wow! Um, let's see, uh, Everly Stock, they'll have a booth, so you can come down, look at their new packs, try them on. They'll help you fit them, look into them. Uh, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, that's course, a guy's lecturing. He's, oh, okay. He's gonna lecture every day, I believe, uh, with you know. Tactics on Western hunting. Oh, that's great. You're going to keep them busy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep sure. them busy or it gets in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. And you're going to have the deer tour down there as well? Yep. And yep. so we have our own booth set up down there for Eastman's? Yep. yep. We'll have we'll have our booth. We'll have the deer tour. We'll have the sponsor stuff, uh, Everly Stock. You know, there's they got a lot of cool things. They have a, they bring the kids down. They have a – usually, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to do it again this year where they – you can take your kids down there and take photos with baby bears, little black bears. Oh, wow. Their eyes aren't even open. Mm-hmm. They'll have uh, a fishing pond for the kids. They'll have a, a climbing wall. The National Guard puts on a climbing wall for the kids, which is fun. Uh, there's there's going to be lots of cool events, lots of cool hunting outdoor events stuff for, for people to just hang out and come down and chat. Oh, what a great show. And that's uh, Salt Lake City, you said? Yeah, yep. yep. it's actually in Sandy, which is a little south of Salt Lake. Okay. Uh, it's at the Sandy Expo Center. Yep. And it's open to the public, right? Yep. Anybody can come down? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. It's open to the public. Uh, Thursday and Friday, it's noon to 9 a.m. or 9 p.m. Uh, Saturday, it's 10 to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday, it's 10 to 5 p.m. Okay. And uh, guys, lectures, do you have to sign up for that or just something nope. you can show up for? Nope. He lectures, I believe it's 1.30 on Thursday and 6.30 on Friday. Um, and you just, if, if you're in the door, you can come, come in and sit down and watch his lectures. Mm-hmm. Boy, your memory is like a steel trap. You got uh, all your, you got all your time. We just talked about it yesterday. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it's fresh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good for you. No, that's awesome. Yeah, and this is the the final show of the year, right? For yep. you guys. Yep, this is the final one. We've been, like you said, going on as a marathon, but this is the end of uh, our show. Now the deer tour will go on to uh, Scottsdale weekend after next. Um, and then it'll do some sportsman's warehouse. You can get on eastmans.com and see the actual schedule, but they're going to do some stuff. He'll be around in Arizona a little bit, and then uh, the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Idaho. Uh, I think there's a Utah one in there. Oh, wow. And that's in August. Usually. Mm-hmm. Wow, you keep him busy, too. Oh, yeah, he's burning the miles, mm-hmm. taking the old Ram truck and, and burning the diesel out of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and just some giant bucks in that tour. I mean, I've gone and looked at it a couple times at – like the sportsman's warehouse where they put it on before, but just some giant bucks you guys uh, get for that show. That thing's really cool. He's got one this year that's uh, 40, 41 inches wide. Or oh, something. Just wow. A typical, just a huge deer. He's a showstopper. And then he always has a couple weird, like a stag that's that's uh, just gnarly buck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's got yeah. some really good deer this year. Those stag ones are cool, but I think I'll take that 40 injury. That's wild. 40 inches wide. That is a showstopper. Where did he come from? Do you remember? Um, I believe that was a Montana buck. Oh, wow. I, I, I know he, I, I don't know. There's so many deer on that thing over the years. I know he found it in Montana, but it might have been a Colorado buck. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. What a giant. 
Uh, I, I've seen one in the wild that I that was definitely, you know, I don't know if he was 40, but he was definitely pushing that line, whether yeah. he was 38 or 42, who knows. Yeah. But one in the wild, just amazing. I mean, a 30-inch buck looks giant and yeah. so wide. I mean, a 30-incher looks like almost unreal wide. A 40-incher is out of this world. Yeah. I saw it in the in the Wyoming range scouting one year. Got oh, some yeah. good pictures of him. And he was, you know, didn't have the deepest forks in the world, but, oh, the wow factor. Well, they just look like, they look like cartoons. They yes. They look like somebody drew them on there. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, well, and, and even though us mule deer guys say, oh, width doesn't matter, I'll shoot a deep fork buck, width matters. <laughs> <It does. laughs> yeah, I mean, they just look so impressive when they're wide. Yeah, especially running away. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> oh. that's how I, I usually see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running away. Yeah, I'm with you on there. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's kind of the thing uh, around the office is, um, so every time I see you, you know, you're on TV and you're you're killing a, a giant buck in Colorado or a, a really nice buck in Wyoming, and you've been really successful, but kind of the word around the office is, is that you've got uh, Ike bad luck everywhere you go. I do. It's funny, on TV, uh, people often say, why don't I see you on TV more? Well, it's because I have horrible luck. <laughs> uh, and I don't, you know, we don't show the, we don't show the, the frustrating hunts I have with, you know, we were in the Wyoming range here a couple years ago, elk hunting, and got this 340 bull. It, we'd, we, had, we had hiked in in the snow and we'd waited two days and it's just a horrible snowstorm that you get in September. It put 18 inches of snow on the ground. Yeah, wow. Just freezing. And uh, I had some gear that didn't work real well. Tit didn't work real well. And I oh, was, no. I was, yeah, it was cold. And woke up one morning, and it, 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 the sun had come out, you know, bluebird skies, and it was starting to warm up and get slushy. And they, so we're like, all right, this is it. So we get to the top of the ridge, we start glassing, and sure enough, right below us is a 340 bull. And he's pushing some cows right to us. And it's this big, we're on the top of this basin, and he's pushing them up into this, this dead timber, and they're going to lay down for the day. So we put on this stock a couple hours long, you know, sneak in, get 70 yards, get the camera guy set up. Um, Scott was there bugling for me. He gets back and starts cow calling, and the bull comes to the edge of this. There's a draw in between. It's like a little washout. Mm-hmm. And he comes right to the edge, and he's just screaming. He's at 70. I'm like, just all i got to do is get you committed to come through that draw. Mm-hmm. And uh, cows don't even care we're sitting there. They're all you know laying down fat and happy. And I... All of a sudden, you hear this thump, 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 thump. And I'm thinking, is that my heartbeat? <laughs> and I look at the camera guy and go, did you hear that? Goes, yeah, I don't know what that is. All of a sudden, right over the ridge, on the deck, less than 300 feet off the deck, comes a helicopter. Push it right into our, right into our base and oh, pushes you these elk out. I was like, oh, it was a search and rescue <laughs> oh, helicopter. No. Like, you're kidding me. This is my luck. I... Might have thrown a fit. Oh, <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so pushed the elk out of the country, and then we spent two more days trying to find anything to shoot, and it didn't happen, and walking out in slushy mud. and Yeah, that, that's Ike luck. <laughs> that sums it up right there. We're a helicopter. Oh, my God. I have never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, that's some bad luck. Yeah, I'm the guy that, that puts in for an antelope tag where there's only one of us that's not going to drop. Out of 114 people, I'm the guy that did it. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> that's happened. That's so, a true story. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So your luck carries over to the draws as well, yep, huh? Yep. They never give you good tags, no. huh? And when I do, stuff happens like helicopters. <laughs> oh, man, you are kidding, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, some of it ha- some of us have it worse than others, I think. And we all run into bad luck here and there, or you need that animal to take one more step. Yeah. But not very many of us have had a helicopter come in and mess up our stock no. on a big bull. No, no. I, 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 I mean, that's just one of many. I, I drew a really good elk tag. In fact, the elk tag that Little Dan had this year back in the uh, wilderness, I drew that in 2011. And in August, I blew my back up. Oh no! So I couldn't even I couldn't even backpack on it. Oh. Like, this is just horrible. This is just my kind of luck. Oh my gosh! So you've got to almost expect it now, oh, yeah. huh? I do. Every I do. draw and every yep. hunt, you think, God, what's going to happen this time? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a comic relief for for, the yeah, for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, and, uh, um, that's what we need to do. Is we need to do a documentary following you around of what wild happens on your hunt. Just call it dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, no, um, yeah, we've all had some luck in the hills, but it sounds like you've got more than your fair share yeah that's that's all right Mm -hmm. it's my life just uh, i always my dad has a saying that's not my lot in life well that is my lot in life (laughs) it is okay i'm used to it we got to accept our our places right i'm blessed with a wonderful family and and a a wonderful business i'll take that yeah for sure yep no you got to take it in stride well and it's tough to overcome sometimes when you have a big letdown like that or you do get faced with bad luck you know it's about picking yourself up and and keep going and and trying to persevere through it or or maybe it comes in threes and you gotta (laughs) you gotta weather the wave of it but yeah seeing your way through that bad luck i had um this spot in montana and i Montana is really tough for high country mule deer. There's not a lot of spots. And so I searched for 10 years trying to find the right mountain ranges that held really good populations of mule deer. So I finally found this spot and and scouted it really hard. And then I went in and hunted it and I didn't draw any out of state tags. And so I gave it 10 days in there. And I, I show up the first night and I climb way back in there, way back in. And then you got to climb this North face. It's a little sketchy. And then you stay on the top up there. And so I slept on the top and it's getting dark and I'm glass and I see a couple bucks and the next day is opening day and and uh, so I start hearing this stuff outside my tent as soon as it gets dark and I'm laying in there and you know how you can always kind of hear things in your tent yeah. you kind of get used to it once you've been in the woods long enough right. you're like oh well it's nothing it's yeah. this or it's that but all of a sudden it's something you know and it's coming around the rock trail at me and I can hear it on the and so I shout and instantly I think it's like a cougar or something trying right. to sneak up and get out of here kitty you know i yell and everything scatters or the sound scatters I, okay you know i start falling back asleep and then all of a sudden i can hear these things and they're chewing on the edge of my tent and stuff and they're like rock pikas and they oh. they attack me throughout the night i couldn't get any sleep throughout the night and, and i woke up and all of a sudden they chewed through my lift strap on my pack oh geez. they they've chewed through the edge of my tent and i look at my bow and they my rest cable on my bow they chewed that in half Oh so gosh. now my rest won't lift up. And then my string loop, they've chewed through the majority of that thing. You talk about bad luck. Like on the first day of the hunt, this is what I'm dealing with. I don't even have a bow I can shoot anything with. And, uh, so a little backcountry fix and rune and arrow to make sure the bow's still on. But it's so far back to the truck and then, yep. you know, back to a bow shop or my house to fix things. So a uh, little backcountry fix. And, I bet you have a vengeance against them. Oh, I do. I hate rock bikers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Everyone I'd see on the hunt would be up on a rock chirping at me. You know, and I could just envision if I had an extra arrow, yeah. he would have caught one for sure. Two pistol. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no, we we all kind of get our dose of bad luck in the hills, and it just seems like things just don't go our way a lot. But definitely sounds like you get more than the fair share of I, it. I have my, I have at least my fair share, maybe a little more, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But you're right, it's perseverance and 
and knowing that things happen and, and, and just being able to adapt and, and focus on what you're there for, which is key. Mm -hmm. Well, and take it in stride, too. Oh, yeah. You've got to have a really good attitude about it because yeah. if you let it get to you, it'll ruin your hunt oh, yeah. or end your hunt or you stop having fun or, you, you know. And, suck, suck cycling your pistol. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it. No, you got to take it in stride and try to pick yourself back up and go, well, that's just the cards I'm dealt. I'm just going to I'm gonna keep after it or I'm going to enjoy, enjoy this no matter what happens. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah, for That's sure. Good. So you got some big hunts coming up this year, huh? Yeah, we've got uh, – actually, this year kind of it, – it wasn't planned this way. It just kind of happened. We've got some cool stuff. I'm going to end up uh, filming a guy in Africa. Which oh, wow. Fun. Hopefully, I get to shoot some stuff as well. Oh, way cool. Um, that's in Zimbabwe, so that'll be May, June. Mm -hmm. be a lot nice of place you're hunting on down there? Or? Um, I hope so. I haven't really done a whole lot of work on uh -huh. uh, looking at them. After show season, I'll start digging into that and mm -hmm. getting – travel arrangements and stuff. But well, it's, it's tough to do scouting in Africa from here, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, well, and you don't even know what you're looking at, yeah. like as far as maps and Google Earth and that. I wouldn't I wouldn't know which way's up and down, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. That's wild. So it, that'll be fun. Um, which critters are you hoping to so I'm, go there? I'm hoping to get they have, where they have, or where this is, they have really big kudu mm -hmm. and decent buffalo, but really big kudu. Okay. Uh, I want to shoot a kudu, and I'm hoping we'll see. I have, I have, I've always wanted to shoot a uh, hippo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think wild. The, skull, the hippo skulls are really. Yeah. They, they look so, you know, dinosaur esque. Yeah. Well, and the river basins that you hunt them in is so cool. Yep. Um, so you're getting uh, uh, tuned up on your swimming so you can go get that thing out uh, of water, huh? Yeah. So I asked him, I go, so you shoot them in the river? Because the river runs right past their, past their camp. And he said, well, you can shoot them in the river, but it becomes a real problem because it's a river. In a pond, it's no big deal. You shoot them and you wait until they bloating and they pop up mm -hmm. in a river you shoot them and they start going down river oh, and man. then it becomes you know he said so we we try and wait until they're right on the edge and shoot them and then they'll okay. usually run out of the water or something okay like oh boy that sounds like an adventure on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure that does sound like a cool adventure yeah. um just a cool experience to hunt that river drainage and to actually just look at a hip i mean we just don't see anything no. like that coming from the west yeah absolutely yeah how cool and the kudu those are one of the coolest animals that africa has to offer yeah. is that big spiral horn yep. 60 inch i mean if there was one animal i could pick in africa it would be a kudu yep and and the, you know they're just neat animals that you're looking at an animal that's the size of a bull elk and they can jump eight feet high I oh mean, wow go, holy buckets he just jumped that tree huh yeah it's amazing. Huh. Yeah, just an amazing animal. And so they've got really big ones in Zimbabwe or this yep. this spot yep. that you're hunting. Yep. They have mm -hmm. exceptional ones. So mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Uh, then we've got some stuff in the Yukon that Guy and I are going to do. Uh, we're going to have to probably leg wrestle for who gets to shoot the, the doll sheep. Mm -hmm. That'll be fun. <laughs> we're going to do caribou hunt. Uh, and Guy's got an uh, adventure that I'll let him talk about mm -hmm. in, in next winter. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Uh, so one of you guys gets to, to kill a doll sheep, yeah, huh? Yeah, we haven't decided who yet. So okay. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> some, of the, some of the film crew wants us, want us to put uh, boxing gloves on and go to the ring. I'm like, I don't think you want. Last time he and I got in a real fight, somebody broke their arm, and I think that was me. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, you were always a little brother. Yeah, because huh? he's yeah. five years young, older than I am. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll have to come up with some sort of game to crap with you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, how cool. Um, have you ever killed a doll sheep or hunted doll I've sheep? Never hunted sheep at all. Oh wow, never that's amazing. Had, yeah. Boy, we just don't get much op opportunity, no. do we? I, no. 
when I first started hunting, I thought, boy, I'm going to be a sheep guy up in those rugged mountains and the way those sheep are. And I, I really want to experience and go do it. But I learned pretty quick that I didn't have the right pocketbook and didn't have the right luck. Like, exactly. it is tough to come by a sheep tag. So, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that you, you get a chance, you know, every once in a while to yep. hunt. Or maybe it's, it's your time to do- draw a tag or you save up the pennies to do it and you yep. go do it. And then you just embrace the experience yep. and just really have fun with it when you get a chance to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we'll see. I mean, this was, this is a, a thing. I mean, we could have never afford it for a dull sheep or a stone, really. But this is a thing that we were given an opportunity, and mm-hmm. so it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Yeah, for and sure. It's, it's going to be an epic story because it's actually in the same area that uh, my grandpa Gordon hunted. Uh, you know, you've seen the old footage. With yeah. The old family footage where they're walking across the plains of Abraham with the, with the uh, rainbow and all that yes. stuff in the 50s and 60s. Uh-huh. It's in that same exact area. Mm-hmm. So, and it's named be. Eastman's Draw, isn't it? Or um, there is an Eastman's Valley, but that's not it. Okay. Yeah, that's right. in British Columbia. Oh, okay. So, uh, okay, I'm getting my stories confused. Yeah, there's I've a been, couple of them. Yeah, I've been talking to Rachel Attila. You yeah, know, and, yep. and she, she was in, East, in the Eastman's Valley. That's yeah. what she was saying, yeah. So yeah. that's where I thought it was. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, how cool, the chance to hunt a big doll. And they're such a pretty sheep, the mm-hmm. way they curl all around, you yeah. know. Um I, I like that they, I really like the, the big curlers instead yep. of the heavy ones, yep. and I like how they flare out, too. Right. They're yep. so pretty. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Just being, you know, snow white. They're just yes. really cool. Well, and there's two different kinds, right? Uh, is there one that isn't so snow white? Well, they have fanny sheep, which are crossed between uh, dull and oh, stone. Oh, okay. So that you can get them where they're okay. speckled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like the snow white ones. Yeah. So those they're, ones are beautiful. They're really rare to get a full, you know, a full-blooded dull sheep. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But the farther north you go, the better chance you have? Uh, or? Different areas okay. where they don't have stones. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. How cool. What a great adventure. Yeah, you do have a lot on the docket for 2017. <laughs> yeah. How cool. Yeah. And then with your luck, you'll probably end up with a bunch of tags. Too. Yeah, that's right. This will be the year I draw a sheep tag down here. <laughs> yeah. A moose tag. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll blow my back up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that's horrible. There's nothing worse than a back injury, is oh. there? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I was blessed because I was in really good shape when I did it, and so mm-hmm. the recovery was only about eight weeks. Okay. But, yeah, it was, only. Yeah. It was a rough eight weeks where you can't oh, pick up a man. gallon of milk, and yeah. But oh. that's all right. It's uh, made me appreciate youth mm-hmm. when I had it. Yeah. No, isn't that the truth? Like, you don't appreciate feeling good every day or being yeah. healthy until you're not healthy, and then exactly. the only thing you want or the only thing you can think about is is feeling good again or feeling a hundred percent. But yeah, no, I've had, I've had back issues over the years just with construction Mm -hmm. and lifting stuff too heavy or awkward positions, but I've really worked hard to get my back in better shape with a lot more stretching and hanging exercises and strengthening exercises. But I just don't have, yeah, exactly. Core workouts. And, um, I don't have the problems I used to, or if it does pull out, like on the scale of one to 10, it's more like a one or two that you can kind of just annoying. It doesn't debilitate you, but there is nothing worse than a back. Every time you move, every time you get up, that's yep. just horrible. Well, and I was I was young and dumb and thought, oh, I can just I'll work through it this fall and I'll get it fixed. Oh, it makes you it know? worse, doesn't oh, it? And it got to the point where I couldn't feel my legs. In oh, fact, man. I still now have one of my big toes I can't feel. It's, oh, your kids like it's duct tape. Oh but, man, yeah. And your back's better now. Oh yeah, yeah. As long as I as long as I work out and keep my core mm-hmm. pretty strong, oh, it's, good it's fine. Yep. 
no, that's that's the key is kind of knowing your weak point and working on it, you exactly. know, and, and mine's like yours. It's my back that I'm just working on nonstop, you know, flexibility and strength and that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, you, it makes you appreciate feeling good and being healthy and yeah. um, well, you just don't, you, you want to work really hard at it when you have something like that happen. But yeah, eight weeks, that's miserable. Yeah, it was pretty rough. And it was in the, it was in the end of hunting season. The doctor basically told me, you have to get this fixed now or you're going to have permanent, more permanent damage um, to your sciatic nerve. And so in the hunting season, the beginning of snowmobile season, I couldn't do anything. I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is horrible. You might as well put me in a padded room because I'm going to go nuts. But oh, man. yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, and, and better now, how'd you do it? Um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it happened on a caribou hunt okay. in, in, in uh, Quebec. Mm-hmm. At least that's when I really started noticing it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time, that was in August, and by the time October rolled around, I was on the hunt winter hunt, the EBJ hunt winter elk mm-hmm. hunt, and it was dragging one leg around. Oh, yeah. man. Like, I told my wife but I'm on the way home from that hunt, I said, you got to get me in the doctor or else. I'm going to suck start my pistol because I'm done with this. Oh, man. Right. Ibuprofen's not doing anything. I'm with you. Well, and it's as tough physically as it is mentally. We're such healthy, able body guys that Mm -hmm. are just, you're just used to grabbing bags and picking up stuff and doing this and doing that. And all of a sudden you can't, or you have limitations and it, I mean, not that it makes you feel like less of a man, but it does. You oh, like yeah. it, it messes with you mentally, oh, where yeah. you can't do the things that yeah. you normally do. Young that, and dumb is true. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, good you got that healed up. Yeah. No, the injuries are just the worst. Whatever the injuries are, you just yeah. try to minimize it as much as you can. Absolutely. Well, the podcast seems like it's going real well. Oh, it's just going great. Yeah, yeah. I, I can. Um, so happy with just uh, the response from everybody and. Um, positive comments i mean uh, everything just seems to be taken off so yeah i'm so happy with it and the partnership is working out so good so nice to work with you guys and work with scott and um we're just putting out really good content and it's kind of catching on and um i couldn't be happier yeah it's it's worked really well for us i mean it it, uh it's a great audience you know we get comments every day about Mm -hmm. you know the content you're providing so that's awesome oh it's just super yeah no and i appreciate it too no i just want to keep working hard and keep getting better and it's just like anything you do in life like the the more you do it just the better you get the more free-flowing um more ideas that kind of come to you so i'm really excited about the progression of it and, and the evolution of it and so yeah it's just a great platform and um i mean I, I wouldn't tell you this uh, anywhere else, but I, I'd almost do this thing for free just for the information <laughs> I gather. Well, you that's know? good to know, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll remember that when we read we read a note yeah, right? contract. But, uh, yeah, I just gather so much good information talking to other hunters and, and just different conversations and this long-form uh, communication. You, you just... Um, you talk about things that you don't really get into in any other platform. Right. You, you just don't get in, you know, you don't talk to somebody for an hour about hunting, you know. It's usually a story or two, and then you're off to something right. else. Where this, yeah, you get to sit down with some of the, the best hunters in the lower 48 and, and talk hunting and different tactics. And there's How just, did you get a hold of me? Because I'm not in that crowd. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about uh, that. No, you surely are. Yeah, no, you've killed some really nice bucks and a bunch of experience, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's it's just fun to sit down with guys and just have these long form yes. conversations and and get into to hunting and everything else that you can talk about. So no, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, well, I'm uh, thankful it's working and thankful for the audience. Uh, 
keeping you keeping you rolling. Oh, me too. Yeah, and no, all the they've been. You've had a plethora of guests. Yeah, great guests and great ones coming up, and um, yeah, those guys have been great, and, and just our fan base has just been super with the support. Just uh, the the Instagram page and Facebook page, and then you know, of course, the podcast and, right. and downloading that, and and, and it's. Um, it's really nice to be able to touch bases and, and like the, the Instagram people can reach me there and ask right. questions. And, and right. um, so it's, it's really neat. And, and I think I'm kind of talking to a lot of the younger audience out there that you wouldn't normally talk to or reach. And a lot of, a lot of guys that are just, I mean, I mean, all different, you know, I get guys with experience level where it's their first season hunting or they want to get into bow hunting right. all the way to the best hunters that are, they're listening to the podcast. And so right. um, it's just really cool to, the, the positive encouragement that we've got from people. So I'm really having fun with it. Well, like you were saying earlier when we were just chatting, that you can always pick something up. Mm-hmm. If, no matter how experienced you are, the, there's always some tidbit that you can pick up out of one of these things or an article or a TV show or whatever. And you go, oh, I never thought of that. That's a good idea. I'm going to try that next time. That situation Yes. Happens. Well, yeah, and sometimes I'm surprised at the the really good hunters that are listening to the podcast, and not that we're not putting good information out there, but, you know, it's it's that mindset that I think makes you a better right. hunter, where you're always trying to learn, and where you can learn something from everybody out there, and you're you're always evolving and getting information. I think that makes for the best hunter out there. I, I mean, the closed-minded guy that thinks he knows it all, I yep. mean, that that's the guy that's uh, got some tough seasons in yep. front of him. Yep, information is king. Isn't it? Well, and, and, and now, with the, the new medias and this new age of information, there's so much great information out yep. there. So it's just great to be a part of it. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it's always fun to sit down with you and and talk hunting and talk different things. So, no, um, it's like you say, it's just such a great platform and people get to know you more and get to know me more. And so, yeah, no, it's just a blast. I hope my luck doesn't rub off. Oh, yeah. No, I hope not, too. No. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not touching my computer or my draws or anything. You don't that's let sure. me touch this mic, are you? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, that's off limits for sure. No, um, but but it is, you know, we all deal with a little bit of bad luck. But, yeah, no, like I say, um, some of the stories that you have of different situations, I mean, the search and rescue helicopter is too much. I, you you couldn't write that. No. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't have scripted it if you wanted to. It was it was crazy. Well, hopefully, uh, you never know when it's going to turn around. Yep, you start getting that good luck. Yep. Yeah, sunshine's uh, on a dog's rear end every once in a while. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go right every once in a while for sure. Yeah. So no, well, thanks a bunch for being on, Ike, and um, yeah, good luck at the the ISE. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Okay, I got the initials right there this you go. time. Yeah, yeah acronyms. Right? <laughs> Gosh, I had it all screwed up last time. So the ISE show in Salt Lake. Yep. Um, go check you out on that. Um, yeah, so come down, chat, ask us any questions. You know the draws. We'll we'll have the MRS book there, the 2016, so we can talk about how many points you have and maybe maybe give you an opportunity to draw a tag this year. Oh, that is awesome. So guys can come up and talk to oh, you yeah. about different states Absolutely. and different odds and uh, kind of get a feel for where they want to put in. Yep. We're going to have, uh, actually, it's going to be probably the first time we've had the, a lot of the MRS staff there. So a guy will be there. I'll be there. Uh, Brandon Mason will be there, who's our Colorado guy. Uh, Dan Picard, who does Utah and uh, some of the other states. Um, I mean, it's going to be a lot of hunting knowledge for just common questions or draws or or whatever. Right? Yeah, you guys got all the heavy hitters down yeah, there. Shoot the breeze. Yeah, for sure. Well, and um, yeah, no, it, it's so when you can tap in, you guys have so much 
different experience in different states and different species. And when you can kind of tap into that, and I don't think anybody's looking for an exact drainage to hunt, but just no. get a feel for mm-hmm. what kind of populations are in different areas and how the winters have been yeah. for them. And, and that's the advantage of us. We, you know, we live here. It's not, you know, we're not living in a big city, LA or Las Vegas or something and, and hoping that we know what's going on in the winter range. I mean, we live here. You look out my back door, my back door, you can see, Wintering elk, wintering deer, that's mm-hmm. where we live, mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. Now, that creates travel issues during show season. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, I mean, this is, it's boots on the ground here. Oh, it is. Well, and, and all you guys live, eat, sleep, and breathe, yeah. you know, hunting. And, yeah. and this, whether... a- this afternoon, I'm going to take my two girls up, and we'll go up to Mike's house. We're going to spend the weekend up there, but we drive right through an elk and deer wintering range, and mm-hmm. we'll sit, and I'll show them this because everything's starting to lose their antlers and stuff, and mm-hmm. so we'll we'll pull over and let them look through the binoculars and talk about what they're doing and why they're doing this and why they're doing that. And it's just, you know, that's what this whole thing is. is it's a family tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's a family knowledge. There's uh, Mike and I were just talking yesterday, but a lot of our conversations have to do with wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, they found, they found some Wolverines up kind of by my dad's house here. They took uh, a snowshoed 15 miles back in the back country and game wow. fish did put some trail cameras up because they assumed they were up there, but they're trying to find them. So they got some photos of them and dad and I were just talking about Wolverines and how, you know, how they survive and what their, what their deal is. And a lot of people, they're really un, un understood and mm-hmm. understood animal, um, extremely ferocious, but they're actually a scavenger and, you know, mm-hmm. when they breed and how they keep their pups and, that they'll travel 1,200 miles. From, that's what I was going to say. Know, yeah, they travel 1,200 miles. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crossing states. Yep. And, and I didn't know this. This is one of the coolest things he told me. My dad, if you guys don't know, my dad is a plethora of wildlife information. He I sure mean, is. Unbelievable. Their their fur is so thick. They're probably the thickest on North on, in North America that when they lay down in the snow and sleep, when they get up, it's the snow underneath them is not even melted. Huh, Isn't that crazy. crazy? Oh, so they're so well insulated yep. from their hair that their heat doesn't transfer to the snow. Yep, oh, that's crazy. Is, I mean, that's like yep. a fur coat from... <laughs> oh, man. That's what I need on some of my hunts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'd be nice in November, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen one in Montana on my goat hunt in this nice. high mountain drainage, and I thought it was a black bear at first and then pulled up my binos, and it was a wolverine traveling across, and then... Last year in Alaska, I think we saw five of them. Wow. Yeah, we saw them. They were all over the river bottom down there. And uh, we found a like a dead caribou that I, I think somebody had killed there or something, maybe floating mm-hmm. down the river a couple weeks earlier. And there was a couple of wolverines on that thing that yep. kept coming in. But, yeah, we saw five of them down there, which was just wild. They're That's so crazy. rare to see. Oh, yeah. And like I say, I've seen one in the lower 48 in, in all my days in the backcountry. They're, they're a neat animal. Yeah, they are a neat air, a, animal. They travel through that area we have in Montana, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And they've, they've actually trapped a couple of them. Um, one that's mounted that I've seen at my taxidermist shop that I think he really? got. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, no, those things are really neat. But yeah, no, it is a family tradition, and it's really cool. Your 
getting your kids out. And I'm doing the same thing. I mean, we've got bulls all over our winter range. And so they're really fun to look at this time of year. And you can show the kids the the bulls and the bucks. And that's the best education you can get for those kids. And they're spending time with dad, which is always cool. Exactly. Especially after a long show season. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, get to know you again. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think you've grown six inches. Oh, gosh, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, No, those kids do grow up quick, but it's... It's good to take them out as much as yep. you can and show them that yep. stuff. That's really cool, and it's part of the part of the benefit of us living out west mm-hmm. here and, and living in country where you can go look at that stuff. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we don't got to go to Yellowstone National Park to see an elk. You wouldn't anyway. No, you're right. They're all gone, aren't they? Yes, yeah, so that's for sure. Yep, for sure. Bison, only yep. thing left in there. Yep, they are. Well, we got wolves. Well, actually, Wyoming just uh, just they got a court ruling here last week that Wyoming's management plan is back on the docket and so they took a moth to endangered species list we'll see we'll see how that actually plays out mm-hmm. but that's pretty exciting that is so exciting yeah. good for you guys yeah they let us start to manage them there in montana where we've been yep. able to curb the populations of them or at least control the populations right. where they're not out of hand like Absolutely. they are here and i mean we saw our herds decimated from them when they first started coming into our drainages and valleys and we were a little bit luckier you know in my home valley in the madison valley because those dogs just couldn't help it they'd get down on those cattle ranches and eat those calves coming off in the winter well after they do that then you know all bets are off they bring a government trapper in with a helicopter and they knock them down and so they were able to kind of control the populations that way so we didn't take as big a hit as some other places but i know like over in the paradise valley I mean, that greater northern Yellowstone herd went from 20,000 to 2,000. Yep. You know, it's crazy, just yep. decimated. Yep. And those wolves, they were just killing for fun at that point. Oh, those yeah. those elk had never seen a wolf or experienced a wolf. And, I mean, I, I'd find dead elk that just had their throat ripped out, and they weren't even it. eating on them. Yep. Yeah, they are just killing them for fun. Well, and it, you know, that's what they did. They came from Canada, and they were chasing caribou. Well, if you've ever been around them much, that's what they do. They kill because you they never know what their next meal is going to be mm-hmm. caribou could be migrated off and they can't find them and so they kill while it's there you know mm-hmm. they're opportunists yep just, just like human nature basically it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing we're mm-hmm. opportunistic mm-hmm. so yeah no they they put a hurting on that i you know but then you could start to see the elk kind of evolve they don't call as much yeah. and you know they started to kind of figure it out they they get elk in the deep snow and so the the elk would kind of be on the more windblown slopes and yep. wouldn't get in that and and i've also seen those bulls turn around and fight off those things and yep. if they stay together in a herd of bulls they can kind of you know if they stand their ground and and, and right. keep their horns facing those wolves they can kind of fend them off a little yep. bit better yep. instead of picking them off so like muskox yeah exactly yeah that's exactly right and and so those elk are getting smarter, too, and starting to evolve and get yeah. better around those wolves. But I know you guys have just taken a hurt down here from them. Well, we have elk now, but we haven't had elk in these places for 100 years. I mean, they're running around on the, on, in the desert plains. There's oh, wow. Four or 500 head of elk on the, in the desert plains, and they got pushed out by the wolves. And now mm-hmm. they're living out there, which, you know, they, they claim that that's where elk came from. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they look at when you see them out there, you go, yeah, that actually looks like they should be out there. Um, but as a plains animal, yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that, and yeah, I, I do see them. They they work our plains more, mm-hmm. our our valley bottom now in the right. wide open, and right. yeah, they kind of seem natural out there. Yep. They kind of got it figured out. It doesn't bother them. Yeah, if you ever heard an elk in, in timber, you go, that doesn't sound like he's being really quiet. I mean, 
like a bulldozer coming through the yes. timber. Yes, they're it not is. Built for that. No, uh, no, they're not sneaky through the timber. They make noise. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy. for sure. And when I'm hunting elk, I don't worry about my noise too much no. as I'm chasing them, you know, no. because they're making a bunch of noise. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, no, that's great. Uh, finally be able to kind of control those populations and yep. um, boy, that'd be awesome. Ed. So you just need to get something in place now for a season, right? Yeah, they're hoping that by this fall we'll be able to hunt them again. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, wow. Which would be good. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, and you, those wolves wisen up pretty quick, oh, too. Oh, yeah. They're tough to harvest. You yeah. know, I know in Montana, first couple of years they got a bunch of them, and, and now they're getting fewer and fewer, and they're smart. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They'll just turn off their home. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, boy, they can sure roam some country. Yes, they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, finally starting to control them. Montana, um, Idaho, you know, boy, they just decimated places mm-hmm. in Idaho yeah, like that. Did. Clear water drainage uh, around Elk City used yep. to just be full elk, and you can hardly see an elk over there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But unfortunate. It, it is unfortunate, but all we can do now is move forward and, yep. and hopefully keep pushing through legislation that, that helps us out and helps us control them. And Absolutely. You know, that's, that's all we can do is deal with the hand we're dealt. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a wolf. That's Dan's wolf. Yeah. Is that's, that right? that's Dan's wolf. That was in paradise. Valley. Okay. Yeah. That's a gorgeous big gray, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had that. The only reason he's a bust for those, obviously for people playing the home frame, uh, it's a bust of a wolf. It, it, he had mange real bad. Okay. And shot him. Well, that's what I saw his head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It looks cool. That's a cool piece of taxidermy with yeah. just the head and the shoulders like that. Yep. Yeah. It's Man, they're creepy. a big dog. Yeah. They say their bite. Now, I don't know. Maybe I just heard this. Maybe it's hearsay, but I heard their bite is 10 times as hard as a, as a, uh, a rot, uh, not a Rottweiler, a Pipple. Probably. Their yeah. head's just bigger, which means there's a lot more muscle. Well, you're right. Yeah. I mean, they weigh, you know, four times as much as a pit bull, but right. 10 times the bite of a pit bull. Crazy. I mean, if that thing decides to attack, you aren't fighting that thing off. No. Yeah. No. Well, there's no. actually stories of, um, like during, um, I think it's World War One, uh, uh, Russia and Germany, and they were fighting out there and they were losing too many guys to wolves where they finally put a ceasefire and they all went and shot wolves because too really? many wolves were killing the guys back in World War One. Huh. I've never heard that. Yeah. Story. Isn't That's that a crazy. wild story? That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And we haven't had too many attacks in the States with them yet, no. but you know, it's just a matter of them getting familiar with us and seeing us as prey and look yeah. out. I mean, I've had those things howl around me in the timber. I was elk hunting this spot one time and way back up and it kind of got foggy and mm-hmm. I had a pack move in on me and they were howling back and forth and all of a sudden they're all around me on all sides and I I just see a flash of a wolf go by at 200 yards or 100 yards a flash and then another one and that eerie howl oh, yeah. back and forth you know oh, yeah. man oh man sketchy I started counting my bullets you know like <laughs> man I'm gonna get in a war here you know it was wild but you know and they never did attack of course but they they are an eerie predator if they saw you as prey you'd be in trouble well there's a reason why you know why in the old fables of the red riding hood and three little pigs and all those old fables that the wolf was the demon of a, of a story I mean, oh right they are they are the demon yeah, yeah for boy. sure i had one close encounter um where i was um and i used to live kind of on some winter range or close to some winter range and i'd go running up there and i mm-hmm. had this trail that i'd run up above the fence and up this deal and so i'm running up and um, running up the fence and then there's a road that kind of cuts up there you know where you could talk to me if you had to or whatever my dad's my next door neighbor we bought a 20 and then split it into two tens and mm-hmm. built two houses i'm now sold that and moved on but 
anyways, I see my dad racing up this road, and he's racing up this weird road that he'd never drive up. And right. I'm in the middle of my run, you know. He comes up to the fence and kind of flags me down. I say, hey, what's up? And he goes, uh, did you see that wolf? I said, no, what wolf? And he said, you ran right by it. You ran 30 yards by that wolf. He was sitting there watching you on that trail, and then he laid down in the grass and watched what you run, run by Watched me run by it, yeah, and didn't make a move on me or anything, but I didn't even see it. Oh Talk boy. about being oblivious, you oh know. Boy. I probably had my headphones in. I just wasn't thinking it's kind of in the wide open. Yeah. But he said I ran right by that thing 30 yards, and it laid down and watched me run along that fence line right by it. That's eerie. Isn't that eerie? That could have turned out a whole different way. Oh, a whole different way. And, and usually I carry bear spray or a pistol with me or something, but this is just a run I've done a thousand times right. behind my house that – it's open, and you know, I right. never really think about it. But, yeah, I think if if that thing would have wanted me, he said it was a black one. So I talk about oblivious. I didn't see a big black wolf 30 <laughs> yards from me. I don't know. Well, that just speaks to their, their stealthy. Yes, absolutely. Well, you never know what's going on as they work in pack dynamics, too. You know, <laughs> you never know if that one's the decoy and there's exactly. one waiting for you in the grass. But, yeah, that was a little eerie when he told me that. I'll keep you from listening to Tupac on your headphones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it sure will. Yeah. No, I try not to listen to my headphones if I'm running through the mountains just to keep aware because yeah. you do. You can get so sidetracked in what you're doing. And yeah, pretty soon you, you got a big black wolf on you or, or something. A, or a mountain lion. Yeah. More likely. Ooh. Oh, man. Those things are the ultimate predator, aren't they? Yeah, that, they're, out of all the predators we have here, wolves, grizzly bears, mountain lions scare me the worst. Oh, I know, because they're they are so, stealthy. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. They're you know, so sneaky. Wolves hunt packs. There's a reason they mm-hmm. need it. You know, you know, grizzly bears, they're just big bullies. But a mountain lion hunts by himself, and he is stealthy and an unbelievable killer. Oh, my gosh. Well, and I mean... My house cat gets a hold of me and tears me a new one. Can you imagine a 150-pound cat? There's no way. Well, and their claws are like an inch and a half long, Mm -hmm. and they're like a, like, they remind me of like a velociraptor or something, you know, and one swipe across your stomach, they'd spill everything you had. Those things are so razor sharp. They're just a killing machine, and like you say, they're so stealthy that you'd never see them coming, you know. I'm reminded of a photo I saw when I was a child of a guy cross-country skiing and it's just a photo of a guy cross-country skiing and a lion jumping in the air and just about to grab a hold of him and that you know this is an 80s way before photoshop so it was a, it was a real photo somebody took of like, oh boy that's that'll put the hair on the back of your neck up oh that is wild <laughs> no way yeah yeah we had uh in washington where i grew up and i moved to montana when i was 20 but in Washington, where I grew up, that's the big thing with cougars. There's so much timber that they ambush people on these mm-hmm. trails, hiking trails and biking yeah. trails, and they see them as prey and ambush them and get yeah. them. And my grandpa has a story, and, and such a good guy throughout the years, and, and he's like 87 now, and he wow. still hunts blacktails. But, we, <laughs> you know, his, his hunts have got shorter and shorter, oh, yeah. and, but he still gets out, and he still goes out and chases them. So he's got this story about, you know, that we sit in this – there's a bunch of cabins up there, and he built this cabin that all our family uses. It sits on the base of the Cascades right oh, nice. there. And, and uh, so we've got this trail from our cabin that goes right into National Forest, right out our back door. It's really cool. But uh, So anyways, he's he's going on a hunt up there to hunt blacktails, and he's probably 80 at this point. So he, he's a little bit older. and So he starts hiking up this trail and hunting, and, and uh, all of a sudden, he's got this big yellow object that jumps on his back and knocks him down. 
And it's a great big yellow lab from oh, the neighbor's geez. house that jumped on his back. But he said he thought instantly it was a cougar that had him. <laughs> he was a dead man, you know. But, it, yeah, it snuck up on him or came up behind him and jumped on his back oh and knocked gosh. him over on the trail. But, yeah, that thing would give me a heart attack for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That would be rough. Well, but, yeah, no, predators are sure an issue here. But, yeah, I... I better let you get out. You got to get moving to this show. Thanks yeah. a bunch for taking the time to yeah, be on. I, that was a great conversation. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Have a have a, a good time. Maybe next year we'll bring you down to Salt Lake and we'll do a bunch of these live. Yeah, sounds great. I'd love to. So perfect. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Thank you. All right, guys. Another episode in the books. Uh, Ike Eastman. Uh, man, I have fun sitting down with that guy. Just the more I get to know him, the more I really like him. And, and uh, you know, you, you just can't help but have a good time. Uh, his, uh, his fun spirit is, is contagious when you sit down and talk with him. So uh, make sure to go check him out and check out the other Eastman staffers over at the ISE show in, in uh, Sandy, which is just south of Salt Lake. Um, oh, and wasn't that great that I couldn't remember the initials of the show? It's so typical for me. What It's ISE, uh, International Sportsman's Expo. Um, and I think I was trying to say ICE or who knows with me. But anyways, that, that was uh, that's a, it's always a challenge for me, I guess, trying to remember what I'm going to say. But um, good episode with I good time. So make sure to check out those guys and, and the deer tour at, at the ISE show. And, and uh, make sure to check out Beyond the Grid Hunting TV. The third episode is going to drop here shortly. So be on the lookout for that. And and uh, with that, I mean, keep working hard, guys. And, and uh Boy, hunting season's right around the corner, at least spring bear is, and, and right now we're all applying for tags, and um, right now is, is where you work to get better in the off season. You know, you work to be in better shape and a better shot and have your gear all dialed in, so keep putting in the work, guys, and I'll check in with you next week.